Well, hi, everybody. It's uh, meteorologist Joe Chaffee and meteorologist Joe Rayo on the Joe and Joe Weather Show. And Joe, this is a very special night. Do you know why? <clears throat> why is it a special night? The last day of June. Even more special than the last day of June. More special than the last day of the, thir of the second quarter. Okay. More special than the fact that about half the year is done. Do you know what starts tonight? What starts tonight? I'm afraid well, to have. If I do it correctly, the Joe and Joe Weather Show is going to have its first podcast tonight. So if oh, really, yeah, so we're going to take this show and we're going to put it up on a podcast. So this way, when you're driving, you can listen to the show. When you're uh, out walking or running, you can listen to the show. So it might work. I'm I'm hoping I can I, I do all the technical things right. So far, so good. Uh, it'll probably show up a little later this evening. But, but uh, at this time tomorrow, I'll have all the details so that this way you can, if you miss part of the show or you want to, uh, maybe as I said, you're, you're in your car, you're driving home from work or driving to work, uh, you'll be able to listen to this on your uh, Bluetooth on your car, which is so cool. I have one of those Bluetooth great. things now, yeah. so. I'm inspired. <laughs> Mr. Rayo, I, yes, I have my glass of wine, okay, uh, for tonight. And also, uh, I want to use a phrase that you have heard me use in the wintertime many, many times. When the it, plumes? Not <laughs> la plumes, la brioche, no, no. Uh, but uh, when it comes to forecasting precipitation and it doesn't happen, uh, not a flake, not an ice pellet, nothing. There is a boilerplate where I am right now over Long Island. And I had friends of mine tell me today that up Route 83, which is not that far from where I am at all, uh, at one point it was torrential downpours on one side of Route 83 and nothing going on on the other. I mean, it, well, it, it was that variable. And it was, once again, all around me, but here, nothing. It happens. It happens. We had we had a couple of downpours here. And at one point, it was, I really was pounding on down. Um, but right now, it looks like it's nice and sunny. That's, that's the way the summer goes. Uh, Tim wants to know uh, rainbows forming during a thunderstorm. Well, that depends on where you are in the thunderstorm and the sun angle, uh, it, usually it's when the thunderstorm's pulling out and the sun's rays are coming in at just the right angle that you wind up uh, getting a rainbow. doesn't happen often. Sometimes you can get double rainbows, uh, which are rare, but I've seen those. Those are, those are quite fun. Uh, but you got to have everything just so. You know, it, it, the time of the day makes a big difference. Uh, positioning makes a big difference. Uh, it's a very random act. You never can see a rainbow between about 10 o'clock in the morning and 2 o'clock in the afternoon because the sun is much too high. You always see the rainbow immediately opposite to the sun. But if you're looking, let's say, at noontime for a rainbow, you'll have to look down because that's where, that's where the <laughs> rainbow would theoretically be. In the puddle. Yes. All right. So we've got uh, – we're heading, we're heading straight for the 4th of July holiday weekend. Uh, and uh, for those of you who might be joining us, we usually, our general area of coverage is basically eastern Pennsylvania to southern New England. So that includes the metro areas of New York City and Philadelphia. But we also expanded out a little bit uh, and we talk about 
D.C., Baltimore, Boston, Albany. And we also talk about the weather around the nation. We look at the weather models, as you know. So if you're new to the channel or if you're new to, the, new to this new podcast, hopefully somebody gets to hear it. Uh, this is what we do. It's what we live for. Yes. So uh, I'm still kind of on the same page I was yesterday with regards to the 4th of July weekend. It should be okay. I don't see any any huge issues. Uh, the uh, pop-up storms that might be around, I suppose. But other than that, uh, I, I, think it, I think it'll work out okay. I think that, um, you know, first of all, <clears throat> my future daughter-in-law is slowly but surely going crazy because she's hearing forecasts on Friday of possible afternoon thunderstorms. and we'll Just work. shut the radio off. Shut the TV off. You don't need to listen to all that stuff. It, it is what it is. I know. Seriously. Well, so if it rains, big deal. Well, the afternoon, unfortunately, because of the COVID-19 situation, we're going to have a small gathering, and the small gathering is going to be out of doors as opposed to indoors. And You'll so the be last fine. Thing to have it, you know. You'll be fine. They have those big over, you know, those tent things. So if it's a deluge, the water will be coming down on either side. You get a creative enough photographer. You can have them take shots and make it look like they're standing in a waterfall. <laughs> It'll be a thing of beauty. Always uh, uh, something to be remembered. Well, I think that uh, as far as the weekend is concerned, I would just throw in the chance for a late day thunderstorm on any one of the three uh, weekend, quote, weekend days. Um, it's not going to be a washout. No, not at all. Not, not at, at all. all. You know, but you got to throw in because the, the humidity is going to be just high enough and the heat is going to be just high enough. Yeah. And there might be just enough, you know, turbulence out there to cause a rumbler or two. But as you pointed out, Joe, they're so localized. I mean, you could have a heavy downpour in one spot and five, five minutes down the road. It could be nothing at all. So right. we'll for, for the even if you do wind up seeing a shower or a thunderstorm, ninety five percent of the time it's going to be rain free. So you'll be, you'll be fine. What uh, do you think of this? What do you think of this game plan? Macy's is saying instead of one grand spectacle, they're going to go and do fireworks displays, which are going to last all of five minutes in, in random places where they're not telling place, anybody because they don't want people to gather. <laughs> I'm, I, I, you know, you know what, make a list. Somebody ought to make a list of all the strange things that have been going on this year. I mean, really one by one from the most obvious to the most, you know, the most um, innocuous and just write them down. Cause a lot of this, it just gets weirder and weirder by the day. And you know, we've got, to, one of the things I've been kind of struggling with is, is trying to, verbalize the fact that we have a three-day holiday weekend but most people still not either they're working from home or they're not working and i'm not trying to make light of the fact that you that's that you might not you, you you might be out of work that's the farthest thing i'm doing here but in terms of the holiday weekend where do you go the beaches are open but you know you're supposed to do social distancing at the beaches i, I don't know how you're going to pull that off Right. They, uh, you know, one of the things they did, they're doing here on Long Island in the parking lots is they've cut the number of spaces available. And then they, I don't understand why, I guess I do and I don't, but the cars are in every other space. They got cones in every other space. So the cars are separated. So there's social distancing, I guess, because some folks just hang around their car if they're tailgating. It's to make sure they're all staying at least six feet apart. It's just the whole thing is just bizarre. 
It's just just a strange. It's a, this is a year that, that we'll go back and look at it. They're going to go back and look at this 10, 15, 20 years from now and, and just shake their heads with everything that's happening. All right. All right. Let's do some weather. Let's do it. Okay. And uh, I got the watches and warnings uh, map up across the United States. There are just a couple of pockets where we have stuff going on. There's uh, flash flood watches and a number of flash flood warnings tonight in parts of southern Illinois, southern Indiana, Kentucky, southwest Ohio, uh, on up into eastern Missouri as uh, they've been getting heavy rains yesterday and getting it there again today. Heat advisories in the southern plains and into Texas. There's there's breaking news. It's hot in the southern plains and in Texas in the summertime. Uh, we have uh, dry, bone-dry conditions with red flag uh, uh, warnings up uh, north Texas into western Oklahoma, northeastern New Mexico, southern Colorado, parts of Utah, and also uh, southern Nevada. Uh, there's an amber alert of some kind for the whole state of Montana. I didn't really look to see what that was about. And we've got flash flood watches in parts of North Dakota, South Dakota, and Nebraska. That's our area of severe weather uh, uh, risk tonight. The Storm Prediction Center, slight risk. Dakotas to Nebraska, east western <laughs> Iowa, western Minnesota. We've got a sliver of marginal risk from southern Illinois and southeastern Missouri, southeastward to Georgia and northern Georgia and South Carolina. But I think most of the problems there are going to be more for, toward heavy rain uh, rather than um, uh, gusty winds and hail. But there might be the isolated severe thunderstorm in the mix. And we've got a narrow sliver of marginal risk in central Texas. Otherwise, uh, SBC sort of you know, showing this, this area of general thunderstorms from Maine down to Florida with a little cutout there around the Great Lakes where they have uh, nothing indicated. And to review... Over the next uh, couple of days, day two, which is uh, Wednesday into Thursday, we have a marginal risk from Missouri southeast to Alabama, uh, northern Mississippi, Alabama, Georgia, and South Carolina in marginal risk. A small portion of northern Minnesota, uh, an area in uh, central Montana, northwest Wyoming, northeastern, actually southeastern Idaho. And day three, which is going to be Thursday into Friday. We have a marginal risk in central and northern New England, and that's finally because that upper low is pulling out, and you're getting a little bit of a short wave coming down with a back door front, and right. marginal risk in the Dakotas, uh, northwestern um, South Dakota, southeastern Montana, northeastern Wyoming. I do not see, Mr. Rayo, as far as the activity that's going on for the rest of the week, and certainly through the weekend, I, I'm not seeing anything to here that inspires severe weather risk to me. You know, Joe, we, we've talked about, you know, backdoor fronts, and the, you're right that generally speaking, they don't generate much in the way of uh, precipitation, but sometimes they do. And uh, this this one coming for, I guess this one is going to be dependent upon when it arrives in a specific area at what part of the day. Right. Um, and, uh, but it's conceivable that on Friday, uh, that front may be moving on through, uh, let's say, the immediate tri-state area before noontime. At least that's how I was looking at things earlier, which means that uh, whatever we see in terms of thunderstorm activity may actually come, dare I say, early in the day on Friday. As it's possible. Later. You know, yeah, it's, it's possible. But even if it does, it, it's not exactly. There's not a whole lot here going on is what the, what, what, what the bottom line is. Uh, with respect to the weather in the east, we're just we're in this zone 
mid-June to late July, where we're kind of in a bit of a no-man's land. It's usually a quiet time for hurricane season. We're going to go into the um, the heart of the summertime now uh, over the next five to six weeks. So it's mostly disorganized showers and storms unless you have a cold front that's coming through or unless you have some weird setup with a tropical wave uh, or, or, or some kind of upper low that drops too far south and uh, saturates uh, a certain area. Uh, that, other than that, it, it, it is, it's just a quiet time. Now, what I mentioned yesterday, and I uh, made a bit of a mistake about... Oh, that's uh, simply not possible. It's just not, you, po <laughs> it's just not possible. Somebody actually called me on it. I, 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 I think I'm... I well, look, if you, hold on. If you're going to confess, if you're going to confess your mistake, we have to go full screen. Okay, we're full screen now. So go ahead and confess your error. Well, I said that I said that I believe uh, I said yesterday that the halfway point of the year would be uh, at one o'clock tomorrow afternoon, or did I say on Thursday afternoon? I don't remember. I thought you said it was Thursday. I think you said it was right. for Thursday. I mean, I think I made a mistake. Okay. Um, first of all, I, I forgot this is a leap year. This is a, we have three hundred and sixty-six days this year in the calendar. Now, if when we celebrate, we pop the cork on the champagne and say Happy New Year for the first day of the new year at the stroke of midnight. Mm -hmm. All right, that's one thing. This year with 366 days... It would be day, day 183. Day 183 is going to be tomorrow, July the 1st, which means that we will pop the cork on a half year at midnight. No, actually not midnight, but 1 o'clock in the morning daylight time tomorrow morning. So if you're up at 1 a.m. tonight or early... Wednesday morning, that should be the halfway point oh, right. of, of twenty of twenty twenty. I, I, I don't know what the the pun the um the 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 penal code has listed as far as punishment regarding um you know messing up the halfway date. But I'll well, do a little research and we'll figure it out. Well I did some research on uh, the weather for this first half of twenty twenty at Central Park. And uh, in New York City, in case you don't know where Central Park is, go on. Yes, and if any of any of you are interested, um, so far during the first half of this year, the average temperature at Central Park has run 2.4 degrees above normal. Every month was warmer than normal, except for April and May. Those two months were actually below normal, but four out of the six months were above normal, and that's why we have a 2.4 uh, difference between the norm and above normal. Precipitation-wise, we're below normal, 7.78 inches at Central Park, 67.5% of the norm. Every month was drier than normal. April, however, was only one one-hundredth of an inch below normal. May and June, well, you don't have to say anything about these two months. Uh, they have been unusually dry. 3.41 inches at Central Park combined for both months. Really? May, May alone. Sees 4.19 inches at Central Park. June sees 4.14, and yet these two months, May and June combined, have only seen 3.41 inches over the last 61 days. And yet the general perception was probably that April and May were wet. So I, I'm just kind of wondering is is that a, is that locally just for the I'd be curious to know if we if we looked at some random stations out 50 miles or so in all directions would we. 
would we come up with the same numbers? Or was Central was there a boilerplate over Central Park? I've had I've had four consecutive days of rain now. Right. Going back to Saturday. Saturday I had like eight tenths of an inch. Sunday I had like three tenths of an inch. I think yesterday and today I've had another couple of tenths of an inch. So it has been wet. I probably picked up more rain in this in this last four day period than uh, some some areas have picked up over the last month. So it all depends, I guess, on where you are. Mm-hmm. And, uh, well, you, you know, you've had hardly anything, right, the last four days? Uh, no, uh, yeah. I, I, I literally could count the drops. Uh, with, it, and it's been all around me, too, especially to the east. There have been some really powerful cells with some heavy rains east of here and also west of here. But as I, as I mentioned earlier, there's a boilerplate over where I am right. uh, on the uh, north shore of Long Island. And, uh, and Bill, Bill, William Uber, who, who's on the board, the chat board tonight, and he he lives a stone's throw away from where I am. Uh, he uh, he could probably take pictures of the six drops of rain with his phone that fell over at his house over the last two days because he's under the same bo- uh, same boilerplate. And well, meanwhile, one last, one last point that we did we we must mention uh, for the first half of 2020: snowfall. And in terms of snowfall. Central Park, 18.4 inches below normal, 11.1% of normal, (laughs) except for, now this is weird, except for June, it has snowed in New York Central Park in every month. There was 2.3. Well, we had snow, we had snow at the beginning of May. Right. Well, we had 2.3 inches of snow in January, and then just a trace in February, March, April, and And yes, as you just mentioned, May. So it's a it it, it was a, a winter we for winter weather lovers in, in, here in the snow weenies they probably didn't want a reminder that uh, uh, of how uh, the paucity as you put it of snowfall. Well, we did. It was paucity. There was paucity, all right. Yes. All right. Uh, speaking of, goes uh, just talking about the rain. Uh, WPC on their seven day rainfall is uh, going a bit uh, bonkers with rain in the Gulf states and the southeast. Now, there is going to be a little bit of an upper, there's a short wave that's going to be dropping through the southeast with a surface low that may form and then move northeastward off the coast. And uh, the, uh, the I didn't look at the European, we'll take a look at it on the air. The GFS earlier was wrapping up a nice little low uh, out in the ocean. Uh, probably could guess that maybe it would be, a tro- it could become something tropical or subtropical, but We'll leave that to the Hurricane Center because we're talking days away anyhow and nothing that's going to have some impact. Here in the Northeast, uh, and again, this is a, you know, going to uh, depend on where the showers line up, particularly as you go further south, a bit more widespread rain up in Maine, New Hampshire, Vermont, and Massachusetts and northern Connecticut on the order of about one, an inch to an inch and a half over the next uh, seven days. And uh, there's uh, WPC's got some one-inch rainfalls up and down the Hudson Valley, down through New Jersey and into Delaware. We'll see if that verifies, but it's going to have to be when it's going to be those uh, scattered thunderstorms or showers or whatever we get uh, have to line up perfectly. And we do have some heavier rains in a narrow band that run up through the middle Mississippi Valley, the northern plains. The west is fairly quiet except for the extreme northwest Uh, The Gulf states, as we said, pretty busy. Florida, not too shabby with the rainfall there, too, uh, over the the next seven days. Um, Trying, oh, I could have had a V8. Is that what you just had? I didn't see the bot. Yes, you did. He did have a V8. 
Yes. Okay. King well, size I, version. I'm a <laughs> I'm a palm juice drinker. You drink V8. You know, it's all good. Yes. Okay, so let's check out uh, what's happening this evening. And uh, I didn't get out of the 70s again today. It was nice. We, at least we had a lot of clouds this afternoon. And now, now of course, when I want to bring up the temperatures and the dew points, there we go. The circle was going round and round and round. Uh, we had a lot of clouds up until about 5.30. Then the sun broke out wide open. And I happened to be outside. My God, the sun's rays were just strong, really strong. But uh, most temperatures right now, uh, it's uh, up. It's it's low 70s by me, Joe. Even by you, low 70s. Dew points, mostly low and mid 60s. Uh, it got a little warmer today in southern New Jersey, southern Pennsylvania, and uh, down into northern Virginia, where temperatures there made it up to the 90 degree mark. Uh, with dew points uh, down in the upper 50s and low 60s, which actually for for them that's a, that's pretty that's pretty reasonable. And then of course you go further south and you start to get into those dew points that were in the low 70s in North and South Carolina, uh, and uh, down into Georgia, and of course uh, down into Florida. The uh, radar tonight, uh, Mr. Rayo, uh, showing that upper low. Just we're getting these bicycle spokes rotating around like a wheel there, and some of these spokes making it as far south as uh, well. Right now, there's actually some showers <clears throat> in northeastern Pennsylvania into central New Jersey. Nothing especially heavy, and there's another band coming down Hudson Valley, northern Connecticut. I think by the time that gets to to me, that we should be near sunset, and this stuff is all going to start to fall apart in the next couple of hours, which is so typical of upper lows. I, when was the last time, I don't even remember this, but I, when was the last time what we had on the first day of July, an upper low with one, two, three, it was a, it's a, it's a four contour cutoff. It's amazing. Yeah, it's, it's, it is strange. It, it, it's been a long time since we, I can remember years when we, when you and I were young pups, where this sort of thing seemed to happen more often. And then it just suddenly stopped happening. And now it started to happen again. So I don't know, maybe these things run in decadal cycles of some kind. I don't I know. It's just 19, a guess on my part. In 1991, there was an eclipse of the sun that uh, was over Hawaii. Everybody went to Hawaii because it was a 90% chance of clear sky, clear weather uh, for the eclipse. And yet that particular event was... Uh, more or less clouded over because of a rare event. They call it a tut, a tropical upper tropospheric trough, for more or less than the purpose, a cut off low over Hawaii right. in July, which never happens, but it happened that year. And I, I, I'm, I'm associating that with what, what we're seeing here, because this is really, really a weird setup. It but is. Then it snowed in, in May, so what else is new? Well, with the jets so far south because of that upper low, it's also impacting weather. In the uh, in the Carolinas down to Georgia because the flow is from the northwest, so they're seeing some showers and some heavy thunderstorms this evening uh, in parts of coastal North Carolina, um, South Carolina, around Myrtle Beach. Uh, you're also seeing some heavy showers uh, through uh, much of Georgia into northern Florida. Uh, some showers and strong thunderstorms going on right now across Tennessee, central Tennessee. Uh, getting uh, ready to, to starting to move into Nashville 
and also through southern Indiana, southernmost Indiana, southern Illinois, around St. Louis. Just had a couple of heavy thunderstorms move through there. And this is where we're dealing with the possibility of some flash flooding tonight, which is uh, where the flash flood watches are. And then headed out, in, and it might be still a bit early, but we are seeing some showers and storms in the areas that have severe weather risk tonight, which is up into the Dakotas. I didn't check. That's one thing I didn't do uh, tonight. Let's just, let me really quick bring up the SPC's homepage just to see if we have any working severe thunderstorm watches. And we don't at this, oh, we do. We actually do have a working severe thunderstorm watch that was issued 24 minutes ago, so at 7.01 Eastern Time. If you're listening to this or you're watching this on a replay, remember uh, uh, it's it's dated, so you want to make sure you have the latest weather information, just go to weather.gov. Uh, and uh, there you can see the watch box up for Eastern uh, North Dakota uh, and Northeastern South Dakota uh, uh, inside that area of slight risk. So that's a severe thunderstorm watch that is up uh, put up by the Storm Prediction Center. It's the only one uh, that is working at uh, at this point. And by the way, on the satellite, Joe, the upper low in the northeast, I don't think it's moved. A, I, I, if it's moved five miles in the last 24 hours, it, that's a lot. That's a lot. I mean, it, it's virtually in the same place it was yesterday. Right. Pretty much. Pretty much. In fact, you, you mentioned, it's a funny thing you mentioned that because I caught Lonnie Quinn on his uh, – one of his weather cast, I think it was the 520 afternoon weather cast. Was he pitching hay in the barn? Uh, he wasn't pitching hay, but he uh, he did confess to everybody that the map that he was showing from yesterday is the same one he was showing today in regard to the upper low. He said it's moved so so slowly and so little that I could just use the whole graphic again for today. So he said you and he are on the same same brain. Well, we, we, we are, he and I are very close. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> So looking, uh, so looking at the uh, U.S. satellite, <clears throat> I mean that in the most loving way, by the way. I mean, I, I, I'm teasing. I mean that in the most loving way. Um, but if you look at the U.S. loop as a whole, uh, the, uh, that upper low is, again, creating a lot of chaos with the weather that you see back from, the, uh, uh, from Indiana, Illinois, and Missouri, southeast to the Carolinas. And so it's all... It's all kind of out of whack here. And also take a look up in the Dakotas and you can see the twisting there on the satellite. That's the short wave that's going to that's kicking off the severe weather and we have the severe thunderstorm risk. Uh, the uh, I love this goes color imagery, Joe. The, the the detail is amazing. It's just really amazing how yep. how how uh, how well detailed this all is. Uh, by the way, you remember, uh, uh, you remember when we first got started and we were using the uh... The, the NAFAX. Oh, those. The, oh, geez. And you had those. The, you had those. Those satellite pictures that came off of the. I mean, um, but it, did it not look like somebody took a paintbrush with paint and just kind of splattered it? Exactly. On a piece of paper. That's really all it looked like. And you were, we would be like, "Ooh, wow, this is so cool." It wasn't. <laughs> Looking back, it was so primitive. I. You had no control, actually. Uh, the place I used to work at, for example, they used to send. You know, all I mean, during the day, you'd get one visible satellite, and then they might alternate that by showing you um, the infrared to show you precipitation. You were at the mercy, really, of the guys who were at the local weather service office, which in this case was at Rockefeller Center. They were the ones, I think, who were controlling, you know, what we were able to see on yes. those uh, images, those northeast images. 
But now, of course, it's it's crazy. You could you could go and go online and get anything you want. And, and there's like 16 different options, I think, on the uh, on the goes. Uh, oh, it's correct. War. There's war. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and and you could go look at, at at the southern hemisphere too if you want. Uh, just to, I, I figured I might as well bring up the tropics and load this up. Uh, looks like the dust is kind of thinned out now uh, across much of the tropical Atlantic. I'm trying to maybe a little bit starting a new new area coming off the African coast, but those two areas that did move off that were particularly dense they've played they've played themselves through. There are two-week tropical waves in the Atlantic, in the tropical Atlantic. They're still pretty far to the south, uh, not too far north of the equator. We have to wait for this area to migrate northward, which it will do at some point later in July or maybe toward the very end of July, beginning of August. So we will watch the progress of that. Otherwise, the rest of the tropics, there's actually more weather going on in the subtropics right now than any than in the tropics uh, it, it, there's all sorts of non-tropical weather off the southeast coast, out toward Bermuda, and out in the subtropical in the central Atlantic. But uh, other than that, it is um, it is rather quiet. So uh, let let's uh, let's review our weather dilemma, which is all about the upper low. And I'm going to bring up the full U.S. view because we have a deep upper low also in the western part of the U.S. that's lifting up into southwestern Canada. So upper lows on both coasts, upper high, right over, centered right over Lake Superior and Lake Michigan, uh, splitting the two. And of course, now the upper low hangs around for one more day. So I'm thinking tomorrow is going to be just pretty much a wash, rinse, repeat of today. And Thursday, the upper low starts to open up and drop southeastward. So Thursday might be the one day where we uh, wind up with more sun than anything else, and maybe only the odd shower or thunderstorm in an isolated spot. Correct. And of course, Friday, uh, we're going to have to wait and see with this trough lingering off the East Coast, this little bitty back door uh, coming through. You can see an upper low that's off the Georgia coast here, so that the bottom part of this trough is uh, leaving a, a little bit of character there off the Southeast Coast. And Joe, going through the weekend, I mean, we're kind of on the edge of a northwest flow. There's a little short wave that seems to be approaching, I don't know, sometime later on Monday uh, into early next week. Big upper high later next week builds up in Colorado, Kansas, and starts to strengthen. But um, I don't know, you know, there's going to be a, a big heat there later next week. How much of that heat gets here into the east? I don't know, but we're you know probably going to see temperatures 90s and over 100. I'm guessing if this is right uh, in places like Kansas, Nebraska, into parts of Missouri and Iowa. But we're going to be a more of a northwest flow here, so that that might keep us in check in terms of how hot it'll get. Well, don't don't forget though, about a week or 10 days ago, it looked like this week would be a blistering uh, spell of heat for us. And look what happened. And look what happened. One yeah. upper low. All it took was one upper low. Right. Right. That's that's well, you know, that's the way it goes sometimes with long range forecasts. Yes. Actually, that's how it always goes with long range forecasts when you think about it. Um, here's your surface map tonight. Uh, we are again, there's no revelation here uh, tomorrow in the northeast. It's those uh, midday to late afternoon showers and pop ups. 
Um, you see them there, they kind of flare up another day with some storms in the southeast, uh, in the northwest and up at the southwestern Canada. I'm seeing a little bit of dark blue there for some snow on some mountain range. And uh, then we have uh, Thursday evening, what looks like a, a rather interesting looking line of storms from central North Dakota down into Kansas that flares up. And then it flares up again on Friday, a little bit further to the west. But overall here in the east, uh, uh, again, as we said at the beginning of the show, Joe, uh, other than, some, you know, there'll be some storms maybe popping up on Friday, late morning to mid-afternoon. And then small chance on Saturday, and again late on Sunday, some scattered pop-ups. Also, I'm looking at this thing off the southeast coast. Uh, you get this short wave that goes off the southeast coast. There's a little low that forms here. Got a thousand two low southeast of Charleston by Sunday evening, uh, with some convection. We'll have to see if the Hurricane Center talks about this uh, over the next uh, couple of days. But right now, uh, in the tropics, uh, we don't have. No tropical cyclones forecast over the next five days in the Atlantic. In the Pacific, we have Tropical Depression 4, which is moving northwest at two knots. And I think it might be gone. Is it post-tropical now? Let's see. Hang on. I'll take what the Hurricane Center is doing with this. I think it might be post-tropical. Hang on. Yep, depression, depression off the Pacific coast. Another one bites the dust. Uh, <clears throat> four depressions, two named storms so far uh, in the months of May and June in the Pacific. Neither of them could get beyond minimal tropical storm, the two tropical storms, uh, um, Amanda and Boris. And again, I will just point to the fact that the quietness of the Pacific is something that we'll, we, we, we should pay attention to as a possible hint of uh, what the hurricane season may be like in the Atlantic, because when it's quiet in the Eastern Pacific, it's usually a rather robust season on the Atlantic side. But we'll have to wait and see. we got long, we got a ways to go yet before the Atlantic really kicks in. But it's kind of nice to see tropical cyclone not activity not expected in the Atlantic for the next 40. It's always nice when it's it's quiet. This is in contrast to when we were 40 years ago, when Joe and I were always like saying, eh, it's quiet, what's going on here? Right, exactly. <laughs> we always wanted, we wanted per, perennial or per, per, not perennial, but we wanted perpetual uh, uh, activity. Every single day we wanted to watch. That's when we were young and innocent and we didn't have to drive to get to work. Um, and we had no responsibilities. <laughs> right. No mortgages, no, no wives, no kids to worry about. Correct. We could be as selfish as we wanted to be. And we darn near were. All right. So how about a little bit of, uh, we'll do some Briller Jeopardy. Why not? Um, um, so hang on one second there. Oh, I got to tell you, you're going to love this. Uh, let's do Briller Jeopardy first. And then I'm going to tell you my, my story. This is so, actually, it's, it's quite exciting. Um, okay, so uh, here we go. What was the highest and lowest temperature ever in July in Central Park? The highest and lowest? Yes. Okay, well, the highest temperature, I think, was 106. Correct. That was, that was July the 9th, 1936. Correct. You get double bonus points. <laughs> 
the question about uh, the lowest temperature, that's 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 one I should have looked looked up or should have known too. I am I will say forty. Got, yeah, could it possibly got to forty? Yeah, I I would say so. I'll say forty nine. I don't have a year, but I'll say forty nine. Well, fifty two and forty three. Fifty two degrees in nineteen forty three. Okay, what state has the most populous cities in the USA? California. That's that's the one I would come up with immediately. Um, actually, uh, the answer is Texas, which has yeah, three. Yeah, biggest geographic. Yeah, Houston, Dallas, and San Antonio. And San Antonio. You know, a lot of people don't think of San Antonio when they think of big city. They think about Philadelphia and New York. And yeah. yeah, those cities have grown. When I when I worked in South Texas, San Antonio was a nice small. Let's call it a small city. Um, okay. But it had, yeah, that all all that whole area has just has just grown. What was the number one TV show of the 1960s? Of the 1960s. Yes. Ah, oh, Peyton Place. <laughs> Bonanza. Bonanza. And by the way, we should mention too. Um, I heard today uh, Carl Reiner passed away today. That's very sad, and uh, that's true. I, I in fact I put on my Facebook page, farewell Alan Brady. Yes, we all knew him as Alan Brady. We sure did from uh, the uh, uh, the Dick uh, the Dick Van Dyke show from the sixties. Okay, so you have any for me? Yes. What was the first credit card diners club? Diners club. <laughs> the first credit card. Oh, see, I, <laughs> Scott, when you write when you write to me and give me, don't merge. Don't. I mean, there is such a space. <laughs> he he had what is the first credit card and then he had right after the letter D he had Diners Club. Right, it was Maureen's Kitchen. That was the Diners Club that they went to. <laughs> All right, I'm going to read this very carefully. Who appeared the most on the cover of Sports Illustrated? Oh, good god. I mean, the the, the uh outside of the swimsuit issue. Um Oh man, man, who could that be? Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan. I figured it was probably Michael Jordan. Um, and I'm not a big basketball fan. I did, I was when Michael Jordan played, but uh, they, they. In general, it's very hard for me to sit down and watch sports and and sit still for a long period of time. Okay, and so what's the other one? And what was the Beatles' first number one song in America? I'm going to say, well, it was either I want to hold your hand or she loves you. So I'm going to say it's I want to hold your hand. I want to hold your hand. Yes. Yes. So let me tell you my story. So I, I, I'm not going to bring up the name of this person. Uh, but uh, so, so I have a friend of mine that I went to high school with. Actually, I should. But so uh, it, it, my, my friend, John Avanzato. Uh, writes, uh, he's a, he's a uh, gastrointestinologist. Is that what they call those people that stick a hose up your bum and take pictures when you do the colostomy, uh, the uh, colonoscopy? All right. So anyway, that's what he does. He's, he's a doctor. We, he and I went to high school together and he has also become a, a rather su uh, successful mystery writer. Uh, he created this doctor character who solves murder mysteries and he uh, has uh, published three books on uh, on Amazon. 
the doctor's name is uh, Cesare, for Italian for Caesar. I forgot the full name. Forgive me, John. You know, it's my 61-year-old brain. So I, uh, I, I, helped, uh, I, I helped him out with a little bit of weather stuff that he was doing for, for, for one of his books. And he said to me, well, you know, thanks for helping. If there's ever anything I can do. And I said, John, why don't you make me a character in one of your one of your mystery novels? I want to, you know, and make me a, make me the killer. And sure enough, he started working on his next book. And I'm going to be the I'm going to be the killer. I think that <laughs> I think that's where it's going. So I I I I. I uh, I read a little bit of what he's got so far and it's very funny knowing that as I'm reading it and, and he's, and he's a very good writer and I'm thinking, I'm thinking as I'm reading this, um, I don't know if I, you know, I, we're friends. Now he's going to make me a killer because it's like, how do I handle this? Well, Joe, look. One of my other friends just said, hey, if that's the case, just make a list of all the people that you want to get rid of. Yeah. I said it would probably be as long as an ocean liner's manifest. If Dick Clark can be a killer on Perry Mason. Which he was on the last episode. On the last episode, you certainly could be a killer. Uh, and you know what was strange about that last episode, by the way? There were two murders in that last episode. That right. Dick Clark, the... The Denver Pyle was the original suspect and then uh, wound up getting killed as Dick Clark had to eliminate uh, the, uh, the, the, the original close suspect because he figured out who the real killer was. So that was kind of an, that's an usually on Perry Mason, only one bites the dust. Uh, but this was an unusual one because they had two of them bite the dust. Oh, now in your new guise as a killer. Well, see, I got my serial killer look. <laughs> I will tell you, Joe. Joe, it, it is a it, there is a weather. There's going to be a weather theme going on with this. Just to let you know. Okay. Okay. There's, right. there's going to be a weather theme. <laughs> see, now, John is probing deep into my psych my psyche because I, you know, as you know, I'm psychopathic. Um, he's he's. Um, He's probably going to probe deep into my psyche and and uh, come up with some very interesting things, I'm sure. I have just been informed by somebody, not on the chat board, but through my Facebook page, that I am yet perhaps wrong. Not perhaps. I, You're I, wrong I, again. I am wrong again on this this whole subject about the first half of the year. We may that, not have this resolved until the second half of the year is over. <laughs> Okay, so so what's the deal now? The deal is that apparently it is it is not the start of the 183rd 183rd day, but the end, the end of the it is the end of the 183rd day. Right, because there are 366 full days, so it would be the end of the 183rd day. Right. It, it, he it, this is from Victor Ein Victor Eckhorn. He said I still would submit that the halfway point at the is at the end of day 183, which would leave another 183 days to go in the year. And uh, another person, Aaron Brown. Aaron Brown, is not, that couldn't be the Aaron Brown, could it? Isn't Aaron Brown on CNN or? Well, let's assume that it is. So we have, we could say we have a famous person watching. I have no idea who Aaron Brown uh, is. 
on a non-leap year, halfway day would be midday July 2nd. July 2nd would be the 183rd day. So halfway through July 2nd, 182.5 days are complete. All right. So I will tell you what I'm Google. Sorry, I'm sorry, I'm All right. Hold on. <clears throat> let's, I'm going to add, let's add Google to this. Uh, July 1st is the 182nd day of the year or the 183rd day in leap years in the Gregorian calendar. 183 days remain until the end of the year. It is the last day of the first half of the year. The end of this day marks the halfway point of the leap year. So there you go. So, so I am defeated. So you, right. Totally. I tried to bring something up and, and, and thought I was doing a good deal. And instead, I've gotten walked all over by... by In terms of... In terms of Abbott and Costello, and they're off, the race is over, you lose. Right. All right, so let's wrap it up tonight. Uh, His father was a mother, too. Right, because sometimes a he can be a better mother than a she. Right. Or something. <laughs> I wrote it down somewhere. Okay, so it's Tuesday. It's only Tuesday. Uh, we have uh, two more days to go because uh, there'll be no Joe and Show show this Friday. So we'll be having Friday off and Saturday off, and we'll probably come back on Sunday unless, um, you know, something pops up at the last unless minute. somebody shoots a firecracker or a Roman candle at my head or something, you know? Okay. So we'll see you tomorrow. Thanks, everybody, for being here. Appreciate it. Stay safe. Enjoy it. And, again, uh, as soon as I figure out where the, the you know, the links to these podcasts, I'm going to put them up in, on Patreon, on Discord, and also on Facebook, and I'll get Joe Rayo the link so he can put it up on his Facebook page. But just uh, give me an hour to figure this whole thing out, okay? Uh, if, on the other hand, if you're hearing this on the podcast, that's obvious that I have figured it out. So anyhow, have a great night, folks.